No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. And with a sigh of relief, the Winnipeg Jets head off for the next 12 days, presumably to sunnier destinations, with a win behind them. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manuk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss a huge win by the Winnipeg Jets coming back from a 2-0 deficit to score not once, not twice, not thrice, but four times in the third period to take home a 4-2 victory, the final game for the Winnipeg Jets before the bye week, before the All-Star break, wherever they head off to, they know that they've done so now with a record of 32 wins, 19 losses, and one overtime defeat. Good evening, Dave Manouk. Nice to see you on this Monday evening, not Tuesday evening, but Monday evening as I finally figured out when this game was going to be played. And for a while there, it looked like it was a, a, a repeat of what we've seen from the Jets over the last few games. But Josh Morrissey said, not on my watch, taking it upon himself to scratch and crawl and lead the Winnipeg Jets to victory. Yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, it's it's funny. We all focus on, everybody focuses on him winning the Norrissey, but the Norris, sorry, but it's it, he's becoming and i've long uh, held the opinion that i thought he should be the next captain of the winnipeg jets but mm -hmm. it looks like he is taking that role uh, more and more each and every game and uh, he was he was phenomenal tonight i thought he was he deserved the the who, whichever really smart analyst uh gave him a, a star tonight uh i think that was well well earned he had had i think he had six shots and they ended up with seven in the end i think it was a career high for him but you know it was it yeah, wasn't looking seven, good. Seven shots, exactly. Yeah, right. it wasn't looking good for for a significant period of time, Drew. Because I, I you know, I jokingly said on Twitter that it looked like the Jets' um, uh, resolution to not missing the net, which we've talked about for a while, which has bothered them, is just to pass the puck and not shoot at the net, <laughs> so they wouldn't have to worry about dealing with with missing the net. Yeah, because that's what it looked like when. And, and one of the questions I think it was Ian. Uh, had asked about it, and I said, "Well, you know, I mean, that is when Pierre Luc Dubois passed up a, a partial breakaway to make a pass, and there were so many passes that went that were errant passes, and you're thinking, and then with Jordan Bennington playing like a, a Stanley Cup goaltender, you just didn't look think that the Jets were going to be able to to get it done. But sure enough, it did. Remember, the Jets were on a three game slide, the Blues were on a four game slide, and so uh, now they've got a five game losing streak to deal with, mm -hmm. while Jets fans uh, get to celebrate the first win." In some time, and, and again, a, an opportunity to. Uh, it was a good game, right? It was one of those like yeah. hotly contested games, and, and the goaltending duel in the duel, sorry, in the first period was excellent. Uh, both goaltenders were, were 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 great. Were up to the task. Both had to make some really nice saves. Uh, Bennington really did. Like I said, through forty minutes, um, he was your first star of the game, of course. But uh, eventually, the the tide turned. And the Jets got back to to business. So uh, good for good for the Jets to pick up a win. And uh, it really did. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of you know tightening of I would imagine on the uh, especially with some of the situations. Right, Nikolai Ehlers get that uh, slash to the ankle from uh, Justin Falk, mm -hmm. and you're not sure what happened exactly. But sure enough, he he's out the next shift. 
you know, that's good. And then, yeah, like I said, there was the, the goals that were scored. You don't love the defense necessarily uh, by the jets, but overall uh, a game that they could be happy with because they really did control, especially I think what was the, what was the Corsi in the second period? I think it was like 80, 20. It was, uh, it was significantly in the Jets yeah, favor. 70, 76, 24. Yeah. And I know that the yeah. Jets had obviously the, the couple of power plays, including a four minute, no, that's, that's five on five. That's 76. Oh, total. right. That's right. Yeah. No, no, but no, but I'm saying, but they controlled the play. Yes. And, and what I was going to get to drew was the fact that the double minor, they took a total of one shot. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't as if they were, they were their Their power play did look atrocious. And that is, it is definitely something to, to um, work on during yeah. the break because power play. I know they think, I think I saw Mike McIntyre tweet that they're one for their last 19. Mm-hmm. And tonight I think they were what? over six. The power play struggling. There's no question yeah. about that. And that's going to be obviously a topic uh, of conversation tonight on the post game show and would be something that they would likely be working on if they weren't heading off on break. Uh, they're now off the ice until I think uh, a week from Thursday, I believe is the next yeah. time they're going to they practice. practice. They're going to practice a week from Thursday. Uh, Thursday's what? The Thursday is the second, the if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, sorry. They're this Thursday is the second. Then they'll be yeah. back on the ice on the ninth. Ninth and 10th, they're going to practice. The next game is the 11th. Uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, uh, but, you know, you know, they were definitely getting goalied for a while there. Jordan Bennington was playing a no tremendous question. game. And Jordan Bennington runs really hot and he runs really cold. And he hasn't really been good this year for the St. Louis Blues. He hasn't really been great for the St. Louis Blues the last couple of years. But the first two periods of this game, he was terrific. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Jets, despite being down 2 nothing. Until mm-hmm. the in, you know until the third period, of course, they played. I thought one of the better games in the course of this losing streak that they were in. They were yep. faster on the pucks. They they controlled the play more. And again, they should be doing that against St. Louis. St. Louis isn't a very good hockey team. They've let, now lost five in a row. We it was maybe earlier in the week or last week when they lost five nothing to the Arizona Coyotes. It was during one of the post game shows we talked about that. Mm-hmm. So St. Louis is not a good team, and the Jets. It took them a while, but they did take it to the St. Louis Blues like you've seen them do to weaker opponents at, at various times this year. Yeah. So that there were all, you know, throughout the course of the first 40 minutes, there were signs, particularly at five on five, because five on four, the Jets were atrocious. But there mm-hmm. were signs five on five that the Jets were going to snap out of their doldrums, that they yeah. were going to, that they were playing better. They were playing with more pace. They were playing uh, you know, in a, in a manner that was more reminiscent of when they had such success at various points this season. The question was, were they going to be able to get that goal, the goal that was going to sort of uh, break the log jam? Because we know open how the long it has been. Open the floodgates. You know, yeah. what they scored, what, 48 seconds into the game uh, against Nashville? Yeah. And then, you know, obviously they didn't score the rest of that game. It yeah. took them forever to score against Buffalo until the game was already out of hand. They yeah. didn't score anything against Philly on Saturday night. So, And it had been obviously two periods here tonight. So it had been five periods, yeah. uh, you know, without a goal. Mm-hmm. And it really, they'd only really scored, you know, uh, in two of the past. Let me do some quick math. One game, two games, three games. They'd only scored two goals twice in the last, you know, 11 periods of hockey that they've played, which yeah. is not going back to the Nashville game, which is not right. a, a good number that you want to be associated with. So the question was on everyone's mind, you know, were they going to be able to break through or was St. Louis going to get that third goal? So right. was St. Louis going to get that backbreaker, but the Jets did get that all important goal early in the third period. 
And you can't say enough about Josh Morrissey. No. Because I think it was on Saturday night or might have been on Saturday morning, Dave, when I said to Ezzy or I said to you and Ezzy, you know, who in the Jets' top six is going to take the bull by the horns? Mm -hmm. I think it was Saturday night's postgame. And I said top six. And you said it to Ezzy. I said it to Ezzy, yeah. Uh, And I said top six thinking it was going to be a forward. Well, I overlooked Josh Morrissey, and that was uh, my mistake because Josh Morrissey, who has been an incredible player for the Winnipeg Jets this year, as we as we've all documented and as we've all talked about, you know, multiple times this year, said it's going to be me. I'm going to be the one who drags the Jets kicking and screaming uh, through this 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 despair that we're in, that the team is in, and we're going to come through on the other side. And he's the one. Who who was really I think the catalyst for the comeback in this jet in, in this game tonight? I see a lot of comments in the chat. You know, captain material played like a captain. You know, the leadership he demonstrated, and it's a bit of a cliche, and you hear it maybe a little bit too often, but not tonight. Josh Morrissey was the leader the Jets needed at a huge time for this team. Yeah, I mean, it's there's no question about it, and we've been. We've been talking about Josh Morrissey now all season long. There hasn't been a drop-off. Remember, folks were like, well, you know, 10 games, 20 games, 30 games, 40 games, now 50, over 50 games, 52 games to be precise. Mm -hmm. And there haven't been many where you couldn't say that Josh Morrissey has been one of the best players for this Winnipeg Jets club, Drew. So um, he just continues to solidify uh, you know, and I, I, I wrote it and I, I, I meant it. Like he literally put the team on his back tonight in that third period. And, uh, you know, Colin Hellebuck had to be good and keep his team in it, but you got to give full marks to, to Josh Morrissey. And, and the, you know, look, there were other guys who had, who had an impact on the game. I actually thought Saku Manaline and played well. He didn't, he had limited minutes, but, but I thought he played well with the minutes that he did play. Last I checked, I think he he was around the ten minute mark, so maybe probably finished like eleven, maybe maybe twelve. Twelve but, and a half, twelve thirty-five, yeah. in fact, for for Manaline and two assist game for him. No, I know. Is, yeah, no, no, he, you don't expect to hear very often. Yeah, no, he but he I thought he was good. Like mm-hmm. I, like I said, you you heard his name. Uh, yeah. He he played a solid game, made a nice, really nice pass on that play to uh, was it to Dubois that when he when he when his stick exploded. So he yeah. I thought he had a I thought he had a really nice game for for the Jets. But again, like I said, I think the I think the most important guy you have to talk about in tonight's game was Josh Morrissey. And you know, one of the, the points that we we talk about, and Josh Morrissey is as humble as they come in in terms of hockey players, and mm-hmm. you know anybody who who watches, um, you know him speak and and knows that. So when you saw in that first goal, that is very out of character, and and I'm not yeah. saying that in a disparaging manner, of course, because no. I don't care one way or another. You score a goal in the NHL, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty damn awesome. I you can you, pull the, I think you can pull the Joe Thornton now. Yeah, I wouldn't go that did. far. He yeah. he only had he only had two. Drew, he didn't have yeah. four. So right. let's let's wait till he gets to four. But before we start talking about that, yeah. but the reality is that when I again, you want to talk about dragging your team into the fight. And I'm not suggesting the Jets were disengaged because the Jets controlled the play. Just Bennington was excellent. Mm-hmm. But when the team watches Josh Morrissey and Colby Spence, our photographer, who's phenomenal, I've got it on our Instagram, on the Illegal Curve Instagram, got it all documented. When he celebrates, the way yeah. he celebrates that first goal, and he pumps the crowd up. Like, yeah. when do you ever see Josh Morrissey do do that? Like, it was, it was, it's unbelievable. I, I, was, I was watching, I was like, who is this guy? That's not Josh Morrissey, but right. he did. And it was exactly what his teammates needed to see. It's exactly what the crowd needed to see. And it really was a turning point in the game because two nothing, two nothing felt like it was over. 
you know, like, and again, we know that St. Louis isn't exactly the most, um, they're not exactly a juggernaut this season, right? But when Bennington's playing like that and you yeah. don't think you can beat him. And I mean, he made two phenomenal first periods, pad saves on the jets. So you're thinking he's not going to be, he's not stopped. He's not getting beaten tonight. And then Josh Morrissey does that. And he does again, not only does he get the goal to make it a two, one game, but then he, then he pumps everybody up. And that to me was, was, I think, I honestly think it was a turning point in the game as silly as it might sound. I really do think that that his celebration almost as significant as the goal was what really got the crowd uh, excited and got his teammates excited. Uh, look, you're absolutely right. You don't see that kind of outward emotion from Morrissey that often, but this was a time when I think it was warranted because this is a team that, you know, they're, they're, they were struggling with their confidence. They had played a good game. They played a good game as we talked about, yet they didn't have anything to show for it. And when you don't, when, you know, when you play poorly and you don't have anything to show for it, you're like, okay, well, I played poorly. We don't deserve to have anything to show for it. But they had played well through the first 40 minutes by and large, and they didn't have anything to show for it. So when they finally get that one, he wants the team to be able to feed off of him. They want he wants the team to be able to feed off the energy. And so you're right. You know, anyone who's re reading lips may have been a little bit offended, but aside from that, uh, you know, he was able to, you know, to, to demand more from his teammates in response to his goal, you know, follow me guys. I'm going to put this team on the, on my back and you, we're going to tunnel through this and we're going to come out on the other side. Uh, you know, a little bit of a Shawshank uh, reference there, if you will, but uh, that's what the jets needed in that moment. So, you know, it wasn't fake emotion. It wasn't, uh, you know, the, the fake emotion you see after a staged fight or something like that. It was honest to goodness emotion for trying to make his team feel better. And as a result, the Jets did feel better, and the Jets did end up winning 4-2 tonight against the St. Louis against the St. Louis Blues. We say good evening to everyone. If you're just joining us, we welcome you to the Illegal Curve post-game show on this Monday evening. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you, talking about the Winnipeg Jets victory tonight, 4-2 over the St. Louis Blues. We'll get into the game recap. It's brought to you by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly no goals in the first period despite the jets having a four minute double minor uh with uh nikita alexandrov uh taking a a uh, a four minute high sticking penalty on kyle connor and the power play as we talked about dave uh, mm. was just really not very good at all in tonight's game. You know, it was not good in this four-minute double minor instance. It was not good when they had a five-on-three, albeit a brief five-on-three. Yeah. Had the power play been clicking earlier? Face-off win, by the way, with with that, with 25 seconds to go would have been quite uh, appropriate yeah, there. It would have I mean, been. I, again, I'm not going to get into the whole face-off thing. I'm right. just saying, like, that's one instance where if you have a five-on-three, you win the face-off. At least you have it in the zone as opposed to, firing it out and then of course they didn't became a five on four right in any event the power play was it was a struggle for the winnipeg jets tonight and had they been able to click this game may have been a lot different from the beginning but nonetheless it was not a successful power play that said it was a successful uh penalty kill except for uh, this one uh with nate schmidt in the box for holding jake neighbors gets whoa whoa, his whoa 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 
True. What? You just you just you just yada yada past the most important part. Can we talk about Kyle Connor losing his ability to win the Lady Bing? I mean, oh, the guy's a goon. Yeah, he's a goon, all right. I mean, I what's going on with Kyle Connor? And it was it wasn't just that he took the penalty. It was it was the the emotion that you saw from Kyle Connor. Some, you saw some the frustration game. there, I think. I mean, after the penalty. So I yeah. mean, it's just it was just interesting. Uh, yeah, Red Flame sing it. He's out for blood. What a goon that Kyle Connor is. And and you know the other thing I I thought we might mention because of course there weren't a lot of things to start off was I thought it was a rather and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I'm going to take over the host chair for a second. Go Drew. ahead. Well, let you, me take. You, you let, know, if you want me to cue you up or or I need. No, I, need you I mean, tell I, me I, about these things. I, I could have. I could have. I just you know I leave it to you. You are the host. I'm just the sometimes host when you take a night off. Thank you. But I mean, I did think it was an interesting choice of the lines. Yes. Before sorry, the game began, I, I did mean to talk about that. Yeah. I know you probably did, so I I, I don't want to I don't want to steal your thunder. Maybe I'll mm. give it back to you. Do you want to talk about it, or do you want me to talk about it? I just well, thought it was an interesting choice by you know Rick Bonus. I I analogized it to uh, the old Nintendo ice mm-hmm. hockey game where you had a, a heaviest a medium and a light on on a line because he really did you know with Perfetti on the third line, Ehlers on the fourth line. Yeah. He didn't think it was going to last very long with the Jets, but I did think it was curious. Because line rushes were, in, you know, they were quick. It was a very interesting um, uh, warm-up. Actually, Anton Fielbe came out, and he took the skate. He didn't play, of course. He was a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then, of course, Logan Stanley, he's a healthy scratch. Kyle Capo Bianco draws back in. I don't remember when the last time he played, actually. It's been a while, a for, while. for him. But uh, he came in and was paired alongside Dylan Sandberg. And, yeah, like I said, I just thought it was interesting. And we didn't, and it, we saw it periodically throughout the game. We, of course, know that the lines changed back and forth, but mm-hmm. you know, points Ehlers did play with Stenland and uh, Manalainen. So it was just, it was an inter- I just thought it was interesting by decision by Rick Bonus to kind of mix it up to try and get something going uh, to start this game. Yeah, no question about it. It was definitely eye uh, eyebrow raising when you saw you get tweeted out uh, during the you know during the warm up skate and everything else because I don't think anyone expected those lines. You know, I, I didn't have a problem with it. I don't expect that it's going to be a long term uh, situation, but I, I thought that you know this was an opportunity. Look, what what had what the Jets had been doing hadn't been working forward wise loading up the top six hadn't been working recently so maybe you spread the wealth a little bit and there were some lines that i thought responded better than the others we talked about you know saku manalainen having a very good game to assist i thought he uh performed very admirably in tonight's game and uh, there were other you know players who maybe didn't have their best performances i don't mind trying things that are a little bit unusual um because you know Previously, we, we'd seen the same old, same old, same old for so many years and never anything new. So I don't mind it. You know, you do have a pretty good record. You are in a good position. This might be a reasonable opportunity to try something else, to experiment a little bit uh, because you, you have that buffer and things have been struggling as of late. So if they've been struggling with a loaded up top six, why not try and, and try something new? Why not try and see if that's going to, you know, adding sort of unusual uh, line mates to some pairs. Uh, why not see if that's going to generate something? And for some of the guys, I thought it did. Uh, you know, again, it's not going to be uh, something that I expect you're going to see for the next 40 games. That would be uh, more games than they have left in the season. So that'd be really weird. But at least the next 30 regular season games. But for a one-off when the team's been struggling, I thought it was a pretty reasonable decision by Rick Bonus to at least see what doing this is going to do for the team. You're on mute. 
Sorry, I was trying to tweet out some stuff. But I, I know, look, I know. I, I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree. And like I said, I, I don't mind uh, a little bit of, of because it doesn't come across as panicking. It just comes yeah. across as we're gonna we're gonna flip some things around and see what sticks. And as I said uh, on Saturday morning show, the truth is you already have the muscle memory of the lines that you know that work. So if you can get some different combinations and guys working together, and it and it it turns out it does work, mm-hmm. well, that's just an extra bonus. Even though we know that both teams were desperate. To I don't I don't know if the Blues play if this was their last game because they know they still some they're teams not, they're, no they're off till oh, they're the eleventh also okay so I mean both teams were desperate right like yeah. again both teams have losing streaks of four games and three games respectively yeah. and they're looking to get out of it so neither team really wanted to 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 give up that that you know come away with an L because that that leaves a bad taste especially for St Louis I thought St Louis was going to be the more desperate of the two teams based on the fact that you know they're even though they're a middling team right now. Mm-hmm. The reality for them is that, like the Jets, at least you, you're still in a good position. The Blues are not in a good position. No, they're not. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But you know, so I thought I didn't mind the, the 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 how the Jets started the game with the change in the line. So yes, thank you for reminding me to, about that to talk about that. I remembered, but then I'd forgot. It's all good. Lots lots going on, Drew. Lots happening. There's always lots going on. In any event, a lot going on for St. Louis to start the game on the power play. Jake Neighbors gets his fourth of the season assist to Tori Krug, and then uh, unusually, I think it's his third career point is what I saw, Jordan Binnington picking up the secondary assist. Uh, He starts the play, headmans it to Krug. Krug with the lead pass to Neighbors, who sneaks in behind the Jets' defense uh, on this uh, this penalty-killing situation. That was Pionk and Morrissey. Both Pionk and Morrissey raised their hands, raised their sticks, yeah. thinking that it's an offside play. Uh, you know, play continues, play mm-hmm. through the whistle, guys. Uh, play continues, and yeah. neighbors with a very nice deke beats Connor Hellbuck to give the Blues a one nothing lead. I know you were in the arena, Dave. From my perspective at home, after watching the replays a couple times, it was onside. Yeah. So it was a uh, you know it was a good play by the Blues, clearly. It was also a good decision by the Jets to, or by Rick Bonus to not challenge there because from my estimation, from the replays that we were able to see uh, while watching the Sportsnet broadcast, uh, right. it was onside and would have resulted in a penalty to the Jets had they challenged uh, the offside. Yeah, no, and and I think it, you're right, Drew. And and it, you know, initial blush, it's very hard, especially because that's the far side of the rink for us, so mm-hmm. where our seats are. But I looked, I looked, and I was like, well, it's close, but I'm not 100 percent certain. And and it was interesting. Again, you got to give these video coaches credit because the fact of the matter is they've already got it queued up and probably watched five times by yeah. the time the refs look at the at uh, you know Rick Bonus and his bench and decide if they want to go with a challenge or not. And and they chose not. And I, I, it looked, I, I would say, like I said, it was a close play. I, I think the tie goes to the runner. So they're probably going to allow that to, to stand. And you don't want to put your team at a disadvantage, lose your timeout, and not, of course, have the ability and then have to kill a power play. And even if the Blues, you know, power play hasn't been great, it, it's still one of those situations where you don't need to put yourself shorthanded uh, that, that, relatively speaking, early in the game, despite the fact that things haven't been clicking for your team and you're not scoring a ton of goals. So, um, you know, it's just an unfortunate situation. And yeah, you're right. They got, you got the, the D has to continue playing. And we've said that, you know, probably a few times too many already this season with the Jets, where there've been a couple of instances and in plays where guys kind of stop playing because they're anticipating something as, and we've said maybe not a couple, like too many, but at least, at least two or three that including tonight, where you'd say that there's an instance of that, where they really need to just 
continue to play to the whistle and they haven't. And look, that's just an unfortunate one. And it's a good goal by neighbors. Yeah, it certainly is. And it gives the blues the one nothing lead. And that's where it stands uh, after 40 minutes, the blues have that early one, nothing lead. And drew Sorry. just, you got to give the jets credit for that second period because they, yeah. they, 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 again, they, they had virtue of the power plays, but they dominated the second period. Yes. Uh, Bennington was excellent, made, uh, you know, just a number of, I don't know what the high danger chances were in, in the middle frame, but uh, they were off the top of my head. I, I mean, according think. to natural statric, they were only at, at, at five on five. Yeah, yeah. They were only two, one which seems a little bit low to me. I mean, the, they say the high danger chances in the entirety of the game at five on five were eight, six in the jets favor. Okay. Uh, well, but I thought the Jets. but I mean, I don't think that's totally accurate or totally reflective of, of how good Jordan Bennington was yeah, through the was first excellent. 40 minutes of this game. I thought I he was, was like tremendous. Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, well, you know, we've, we've already got, we've already got the first star is an easy pick out right now, based on the way Bennington has played that first 40 minutes. But mm-hmm. What do we often say? Hockey is a 60-minute game, so you don't make those selections after 40 minutes. You make them after 60, and that's why you have to play that final period. Well, you play the final period, and the same thing was Blues get off to a good start in the final period mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Nikita Alexandrov scoring his third of the season. Uh, and th- and this is you know early in the, in the third period. This is at the 2:02 mark, and you're wondering, is this... You know, this is a Jets team again. They're struggling to score. They haven't scored in forever. St. Louis takes a 2 nothing lead. Jordan Biddington looks like he's playing a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Alexandrov, his third assist to Josh Levo and Jake Neighbors. This is Jake Neighbors. He's got a goal and an assist on the game. It's his yeah. uh, first career uh, multi-point game in the NHL. So kudos to him for that. This one was a, an ugly one. It, you know, Kyle Capobianco, who I yeah. thought up to this point, had played a reasonable game. Like you said, this is his first game in God knows how long. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's been forever since he was last on the ice for the Winnipeg Jets. It seems he replaces Logan Stanley for today's game. Yeah, and you know, this is just a, a you have to have better awareness of where your opponent is and where your teammates are because Dylan Sandberg gets beat, but he's mm-hmm. not in a terrible position. Meanwhile. You know, Levo is not in a dangerous position. He's, you know, January 3rd, by the way. Pardon me? The answer is January 3rd. January 3rd is last time he played. Okay. So the beginning of the month. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I thought it would have been in December, to be perfectly honest. Well, there was a game he he played one on the 27th, and he played another one on the 3rd. But remember, the Jets had a bunch of injuries. So, right. I totally understand that. I just, I don't really remember that one, but that's, you know, it's Kyle Capo Bianco. They usually don't remember his games uh, okay. unless it's for bad reasons. Uh, so Levo is 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 not in a dangerous position here. He's outside of the of the faceoff circle. The Jets, yep. you know, are tracking back at a pretty good rate. But Capo Bianco comes so far over to try and take Levo, yeah, or do something, yeah, you know, and he fails to do anything of any effectiveness here. And I'm not trying to pick on him it's just how the play developed he no, doesn't picking on him the... it's all good yeah he doesn't well, knock well, down the... i'll get a text message later why is drew picking on me that's fair you know it's nothing personal uh it's nothing personal uh uh kyle it's you know just the way the game worked here you know he doesn't knock down the puck shouldn't, doesn't... shouldn't you call shouldn't you call him by his, his real name what's that it's funny i was gonna remember it but now i can't now i can't remember what did they call him on sportsnet was it like didn't you remember they called him by the wrong name i don't but i'll take your word for it not, they, not on this, I, not on the Drew, not on this broadcast. It was I like know. So you're trying to you're trying to get me to remember something from a month ago. <laughs> First of Someone all, in the chat know, will remember. Do you know I how much Fireball like, I've been drinking lately? No, but I think it was like <laughs> I think they called him Kevin Capobianco. Maybe I feel like it was Kevin or something like that. Anyways, okay. close enough. 
doesn't matter. Whatever it might be. In any event, he he comes over. Okay, Mike. Okay, Michael Mandel. Let's go. <laughs> he comes over. He doesn't make any sort of play on it, and, and as a result, Alexandrov comes in basically on a breakaway at this point. What had been a Bailey confirmed it was Kevin. Okay, but he so comes she, in. She doesn't seem very certain though, Drew. She does have a, uh, a question mark, mark. And although Tracy also is going with Kevin, and then Brass Brass Balls Blake, interesting name. He also is going with Kevin. So Okay, uh, so it's unanimous. Right. So we'll I, I was right. Kevin. Kevin, well done. In any event, the Blues, his, his miscue on this one, yeah. uh, you know, contributes to the Blues getting a goal at the 202 mark of the third period. And it's 2-0 St. Louis, and the Jets are up Bleep Creek uh, with or without a paddle. And it seemed like they were without a paddle. But then, 40 seconds later, Josh Morrissey says, enough is enough. And he's going to take over the game, and he's going to be the difference maker. And it starts uh, at the it's at the two forty two mark of the third period. It's his ninth of the year. Assist to Saku Manalainen and Neil Pionk, and it's a it, it, it's a two on one. And what we've seen for the Jets the last number of games is uh, hesitation or a reticence to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, it just been you know they they've been trying to make things too pretty. They've been trying to make things too nice. Finally, Josh Morrissey takes a shot, yeah. and it's a good shot. I don't know if it's the best shot I've ever seen, but it's a good no. enough shot that I think you know. Uh, I think that Bennington was probably cheating a bit and expecting it to be a pass. Yeah, I think, yeah probably. But you know, Jordan Bennington is an unconventional goaltender. Let's be polite and say that sometimes he uh, maybe gets a little bit ahead of himself. And he doesn't play this one square up. He thinks he's he's anticipating the pass. But Morrissey takes the shot and beats Bennington to give the Jets a to cut the lead in half and give the Jets a much needed goal to tie the game. Pardon me, to cut the lead in half from two nothing to two one early in the third period. Dave. Yeah, and and just before that it took place, we got to remember the the play on Ehlers where it looked like he caught a rut. Yeah. And then, of course, he actually didn't catch a rut. Is Justin Falk gave him a nice little slash, very <laughs> well disguised. Instead, <laughs> yeah, very well disguised two-hander from Justin Falk. And you know, Ehlers is down and it doesn't look good. You don't know what's going on. He stays on the bench, so that's a good sign. And of course, he took his next shift. But that could have been a bit of a turning point in the game uh, for the Jets because you know he is, you know, he's still playing, you know, at a pretty high level. Well, at first, I mean, again, uh, you know, watching on TV, I, I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I thought he maybe caught a rut. Yeah, you catch a rut and, and your knee buckles and, you know, immediately the things that are going through your mind are ACL, MCL, some right. sort of knee related injury. It's sort of a relief, uh, assuming that, you know, Falk didn't, yeah. didn't in fact like break his ankle with the slash, but it was well, sort of a I relief. Not, yeah. yeah, I imagine not as well. But I'm sure that when the boot, when he takes the skate out of the boot yeah, or he put his sore. foot out of the boot, it'll be a little bit sore and everything else. Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm. sort of a relief when you saw the two hander in that, okay, at least, you know, it's not. Uh, a knee it's not something that yeah. was more more serious than it was it was a player giving another player a pretty good whack uh to the to the ankle yeah and and look i i just i do wonder if that fires the team up a little bit right like the, you know they're down to nothing guy takes a cheap shot at one of your one of your better players yeah and and then shortly thereafter you know your team gets well, i mean we Go talked ahead. about josh morrissey's you know celebration after getting yeah. this goal and it was again out of character, but it was oh, he was trying to say, you know, he's saying to his teammates, he's saying to his bench, he's saying to his his colleagues, and he's saying to the fans, like, let's go, let, let, you yeah, know, the, you know, we're we're on the board, but we got more we got to do, so let's keep. Drew, you can say fuck, it's fine. 
I know I can. I try to I try to be polite every now and then. Because then I, if I say it too much here, then I say it in front of the kids. Then yeah. the kids say it at school. And apparently I'm the bad dad <laughs> at that point in time. You're the cool dad. Forget about being the bad dad. Yeah, I guess it's a matter of opinion uh, if I'm the cool dad or, or the bad dad. To the kids, I'm the cool dad. To the yeah. uh, to the teachers, I'm the bad dad. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's 2-1 at this point in time. The Jets tie it up. Mark Shifley, his 30th at the 9.32 mark. So uh, it's six minutes and 50 seconds after the Jets cut it in half. They tie it up at two. Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor with the assist. And this is just a brutal play by Justin Falk. I guess it's sort of turnabout being fair play. He's the one who gets the two-hander on Ehlers. Uh, Doesn't get called for it or anything. But this is just, I mean, textbook, don't do this uh, as a defenseman, it's not like one of those plays where you you're you're looking for a pass up the middle, and sometimes it can get ugly in a breakout. I just don't know what he's thinking or what he's seeing in this play, but it's a disaster. And then uh, Bennington is going across to try and uh, save Ehlers, expecting Ehlers to shoot on the one timer. Ehlers feeds it to Shifley, and Bennington is uh, on his heels and a little bit out of position, and again not square to the shooter. And Shifley beats. Uh, Bennington to tie the game at two just before the halfway mark of the third period and things are rocking in downtown Winnipeg. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to, to, to stop step back too much, but I think part of the, one of the plays that happened just before this, Mm -hmm. just again, indicative of, of the way the jets were pouring it on. It was, it was like a shark smelling blood in the water was the pass by Sacramento line to Pierre-Luc Dubois at which point Dubois' stick exploded. Sure, and but it, but cross, again, that was the, the seam pass that put that yeah. that looked like Dubois was in a in a prime shooting oh, position. Oh, prime! Like you're like okay, well, this is too all yeah. if he gets everything on it, and <laughs> and of course his stick explodes. So yeah. no, he doesn't get everything on it. But the but the fact is that that's a you know a, an important play because for me, one of the things that you wanted to see from the Jets was not just get a goal and then try and like hope that you can get you know into the. Uh, what's it called into the, the, uh, the later parts of the third period and then try and tie it force overtime. But you wanted to see a team that was going to like, listen, like, you know, Bennington is Bennington, Bennington us, but we need to, you know, take, 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 find a take way. control. Yeah, yeah. Find a way. So, you know, you got pumped up by Morrissey. You, you continued the pressure and you're right. Look, uh, it's significant job, you know, Mark Shifley, his 30th goal of the season. And the crowd is just like, what the hell is going on? Like they're thinking, you know, this is shutout hockey and they're never, as you already you know, um, illustrated, Drew, they're not scoring a lot of goals. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden in a, in a game that's been very tight and is a one, nothing game after 40 minutes, suddenly it's two all. And, you know, it's a, you know, a significant assist for Kyle Connor, his 200th of his career. So he you know, he had the 200 goal milestone, you know, a few games ago. Now he's got 200 assists uh, in his career. So he continues to, to thrive and, and an, an important assist by Nikolai Ehlers because again, he could have been injured and instead he's out there mm-hmm. getting an assist on the game time goal. So, so really significant. And at this point now, and at this point, of course, in the game, I'm already at home watching it uh, on the television, but you can feel the energy in that mm-hmm. building. And it was, it was a, it was a, it was a decent crowd tonight. I mean, Monday games, one of the guys said to me in the press box is Monday games are a little different, right? They, we don't, yeah. there aren't a lot of Monday games no. here in Winnipeg. So, 
it is a bit of a well, it's the only game off. on the it's the only game on the NHL schedule tonight. I know. I was like I was laughing. I was kind of like that what what game was it when it was just all Jets? Was it that Jets Pittsburgh game was that? Yeah, yeah. it was the Jets Pittsburgh game when it was like SportsNet had everything Jets and I was like, "Wow, this is unbelievable." Now I didn't get a chance to watch the broadcast, of course, so I don't know about, you know, all the different segments that they did. It looked like mm-hmm. I mean, you could see it on the television in the press box, but you can't I, hear I mean, it. The, no, I couldn't hear it. But like I said, you felt the energy and I saw Phyllis make a comment. She was in her car and heard, you know, I think it was, she meant that said this on the Morrissey goal, but she could hear it through the radio. She could hear, you know, it reverberating the sound and the fans excitement. And I think the fans are looking for a release. You know, the mm-hmm. fans were looking for something. The players are looking for a release and the fans are of, looking for of course. a release. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, and, and they both got it when Morrissey, uh, pardon me, when Shifley tied it at two. And yeah. then, it only took another, you know, 21 seconds. So talk about going bang, bang, Dennis Bayak. Yeah. Uh, Morrissey, his 10th of the season, assist to Morgan Barron and Saku Manalainen. And again, this is a, this isn't a, a dangerous looking play. It's a broken play, in fact. Yep. But they gained the zone and they threw the puck on net. And something good happened, especially for a team that had been snake bit a little bit around the opposing goalie for a while tonight and other games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this one just ricochets in off of Braden Shen. Uh, and it's, you know, uh, you know, again, it, it's not, you know, Morrissey just throwing it towards the net. There's nothing pretty about this. There's nothing uh, exciting about it. But the players are going hard. Everybody's driving hard to the net in this instance and good things happen when you go hard towards the net. We've seen it, you know, we saw it with the jets uh, in the game uh, against Philly on Saturday night, Philly opened the scoring Noah Cates when he drove hard to the net and he got a rebound. It wasn't a pretty play. There was nothing special about it, but on this one, again, you go hard to the net. It might ricochet in. It might take a bounce off of uh, your opposition and past an unsuspecting Jordan Bennington. And that's exactly what happened here. And it sucks for Braden Shen, of course. Uh, He was a minus three tonight. I know plus minus uh, isn't a stat you should put a lot of stock in, but there you go. Do with what you want with that piece of information. And Mm -hmm. it's a tough one for him, but the Jets are are over the moon happy. And Morrissey gets his second of the game, which turns out to be the game-winning goal for the Winnipeg Jets, Dave. And, and I like this comment by Bob's videos. Weird how actually taking shots instead of passing constantly results in a lucky bounce. Because I agree. I think that there's been too many instances, and we saw it early in the game where the Jets were guilty of trying to make the pass. And there's probably no more egregious one than the Pierre-Luc Dubois break, partial breakaway yeah. in the first period. For, uh, second period, right? I think it was the second I, I, period. The one where pretty, he's coming down with, uh, yeah, with Madelinen. I'm pretty sure it was the second period. I think it, it would have been, been the second period. Yeah, at that it was point the second period because it was yeah. it was right in front of us in, in our seats in the press box, Drew. So that would have been the the second. But the point is that the Jets were trying too many fancy passes. Even actually, and and as much as good a game as Josh Morrissey had, mm. he made one of the worst ones in the <laughs> first period. He had a wide open net and he tried to pass it in front to I think Cole Perfetti. So there were like I was like I I, I can't tell you how many times I wrote on the illegal curve Twitter. The Jets have a perfect shot and they took a pass and they made a pass and they tried to make a pass or like it just, it was too many instances of that uh, throughout the course of this game. And then as Bob's saying, and and as we were talking about, you know, throwing things at the net sometimes results in a lucky bounce. And that's exactly what happens. And somehow, you know, my tweet from the illegal curve account is Winnipeg is winning question mark. And it's at three, two as Josh Morrissey puts his, the team on his back. 
and he did, and we've talked about this already, mm-hmm. but uh, 44 was phenomenal throughout the course of this game. And, uh, and because of that, the building is, you know, the roof is being blown up because people know, look, you have to let it all out, right? I yeah. mean, at this point, you're not playing for 12 days. You know, you're going to have some pro- time to practice when you get back. You know, you're expecting some guys. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break about who's coming back. And that's situ- the injury situation. But the fact is, you know, you've got to lay it all out there. You can't afford because look, you know, even though some teams like Minnesota was in a bit of a tailspin, you don't want to have to be reliant on other teams, right? The Jets have been in that situation. They needed this win more than, I'm not going to call it the most important game of the year, right. but it was, I think, of a significant factor. And look, they've done very well against St. Louis this season, right? That was their third win already yeah. now against the Blues. So they've got the Blues number. And I think if I were, I think I saw a stat, I think they're like seven, now eight, oh, and one now against the Blues in their last nine games. So they've definitely been uh, very good against St. Louis, which is, you know, probably a little bit of a leftover from, the 2019 playoffs, but anyways, <laughs> ultimately, uh, you know, a huge, huge uh, thing for the Jets, and they didn't sit back either when they had the three-two lead, which I thought was significant. You're absolutely right. So they they got a three-two lead, and there's half a period to play, and you know, the, and the Jets are feeling good about themselves, and the Blues are definitely sagging a little bit because they've given up three goals uh, in the period. And I think I saw a stat from our buddy, um, our, our buddy Jeremy Rutherford, who of course has covered the Blues um, for many, many years. He's now right. he's now with the Athletic. Uh, the Blues gave up uh, three goals in one period. For the twenty third time this season, is that good? Is, no, it's not. It's an incredible stat that twenty three times this year in the fifty one games they have played, they've given up three goals in a period. Uh, which, you know, the St. Louis Blues, as we said, are not a very good hockey team, um, and, and and that's you know, there's a stat that really can illustrate that a little bit more. Uh, just how how much the Blues, when they get scored on, it seems to come in waves twenty three times. Uh, they have uh, they've given up three goals in in one period. But to your point, Dave, what you were saying with half the third period to go, the Jets were still aggressive. Mm-hmm. They, you know, there was uh, Gary Galley referenced it on the, on the broadcast that there was a time where it looked like the Blues were expecting just a one man forecheck. I think it was Connor and maybe Shifley yeah. came yeah. in, uh, were, and there was a two-man forecheck, and it caught the Blues by surprise, and I think it led to an icing penalty, uh, not a penalty, an icing infraction that resulted yeah. in a face-off deep in the blue zone because they were not suspecting the two-man forecheck there, and that's what you want to see. You, The Jets did not... Uh, did not sit back. They did not just rest on their laurels. They did not just go into a defensive shell. They were still aggressive when necessary. And really, I can't think of any what I would describe as as you know quality scoring chances for the Blues in the last yeah. ten minutes of the game. Uh, and then it ultimately culminates in Mark Shifley getting his thirty first uh, into the empty net with an assist to Blake Wheeler and Kyle Connor. And again, look who's out on the ice for the Jets when it's six on five. So Bennington's out of the net, six on five. Interesting who uh, who uh, Rick Bonus decided to deploy out there, Morrissey and Pionk. Mm-hmm. Morrissey, no surprise. Pionk is, well, you know what Pionk has been this year, up and down, yeah. a little bit of chaos all over the place. But Wheeler, Shifley, and Connor out there as well. You would have maybe thought you were going to see an Adam Lowry defending the lead, someone like that, maybe Saku Manalainen, given their skills on the penalty kill. Instead, it was the Jet big guns. And after Kyle Connor gives his stick up to Josh Morrissey and has yeah. to go scrambling to the bench after sort of trying to tread water without the stick for a bit, 
he gets the stick from the bench. The puck comes to him still in the in the zone. He makes the smart play to get it to Wheeler, or maybe it was to Shifley to Wheeler, back to Shifley. Whatever it was, it was very well executed by the Jets down the stretch, keeping St. Louis from getting anything really towards Connor Hellbuck uh, as the Jets end up winning 4-2, scoring four goals in the decisive third period. Well, the question was, was Connor Hellebuck going for that uh, empty net? Was that uh, was that not terrific? <laughs> yeah, I mean, people people lament and and malign his his shooting ability. And yeah. I have to say, it's funny because when you watch him in, uh, I used to watch him with Dustin Bufflin. He used to do a give and go during warm up, and now uh, he does it. Maybe Neil Pionk and him do it. I can't remember who the defenseman is who he does it with. But you know, and and I, there was a point where I was of the opinion that his stick handling was getting a little bit better. I know most people would say it's, it's still suboptimal, but the, but the fact is it's, that you don't, it's, it's head and shoulders better than when it, where it was years ago. Yeah, no, there's no question about it for yeah. sure. And and he, but I, and he does it with more confidence. He's not going to be, he's not going to be Marty Berdur. No, but he does a pretty, he, he, he does or Marty enough, Turco or Marty Turco. He's a better, but he's better, way better than where he was. And that's a credit to him and a testament to the hard work he's put in at becoming yeah. a better puck handler than he had been earlier in his career. Yeah, no, there's no question. So, I mean, it just would have been, I mean, if, if we think that the crowd lost their minds with Josh Morrissey scoring <laughs> that goal, that first goal to cut the lead to one, could you imagine what they would have done? Uh, may have pulled the Joe Thornton drew, but uh, the fact is that, you know, I mean, I think even just him going for it is kind of funny and, 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 Again, you know, probably makes probably hypes up his team quite a bit to see, you know, him doing something like that because look, he still had to make some some big saves in terms of his in terms of maintaining this win for his club, and so it, it's it's a big win for him. It's a big win for the Jets. The only other thing I meant to to discuss uh, because I didn't know what they talked about it um, during the broadcast, but the the too many men that was called back. I thought that was right. an interesting play in the course of the game because it was it was funny because they called it. And I was like, oh, and everybody in the press box is like, okay, too many men, too many men, too many men. And it was funny because then all of a sudden they they they, they goes to commercial timeout, and you're like, I'm looking at the Jets penalty box. I'm like, who are they putting in there? And then Sam Gagne is like skating your thing, and maybe Sam Gagne, but no, he didn't he didn't skate at it. They skated back to the bench, and then it turned out like, of course. And then you watch the refs; they were all huddled up, yeah. and you're like, okay. And they didn't, of course. And I don't have a look. I don't have a problem if you guys if they huddle and make the right call. And although it was funny though, because it ended up killing an Adam Lowry chance. Cause he had possession of the puck yeah. and they blew it dead because of too many. And uh, again, I guess it's Carson Kuhlman's got to, got to use that speed to get off the ice a little bit quicker. But I just thought that was an interesting play worth mentioning that uh, you don't see that very often. I don't remember, to be honest with you, I don't remember a delay of game ever being called back. That's just my thought. It was certainly, yeah, they came back from break and like, just kidding, not a, not a power play for the Blues. You're like, what? Okay, whatever. In any event, that uh, was another one of those uh, interesting uh, referee huddles uh, that yeah. we've seen a little bit th- this season. But a huge third period by the Winnipeg Jets uh, propels them to a 4-2 victory. Uh, let's give the Seagram shot of the game uh, sure. uh, to, who gets it? Does it get, go to Josh Morrissey? For one of the two goals, we'll give it to Morrissey for the first goal. You have to give scored. it to the first goal. Yeah, exactly. None of the other ones were, I would say, shot of the game worthy. But uh, the Seagram shot of the game is brought to you by Seagram's 83, Manitoba's favorite Canadian whiskey. You can pick that up at any of your most favorite liquor purchasing places. It's usually the liquor mart. I'm not sure. Maybe you're buying at black market. I don't know about that, but that's your business and your business only. Uh, Seagram's 83. Big thanks to Seagram's sponsor here of the Illegal Curve 
post-game show uh, along with our friends at Betway. And this concludes the Betway game recap brought to you by, of course, Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. You must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. When we come back, some of the post-game quotes from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room. We have some contest giveaways to do. We're giving away tickets to an upcoming NHL game of your choosing. So maybe your name was drawn. Don't go anywhere. You need. And that, by the way, it. Drew, sorry, that's appropriate because the winner of last month's contest happened to choose game. tonight's game. So we we had that winner and his, I believe, his wife were at the game, and so they got a chance. Uh, they sent us a nice some tweets and some Instagram posts. So yeah. uh, if you too want to be like them, and I know. I'm pretty sure I saw the person in the chat earlier. So hopefully you're still in here and you'll, uh, you're going to be our grand prize winner. Sorry, Drew. Continue. You're fine. Stay tuned. It's the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. More to come. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk on a Monday night with you. We're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. 
That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Quarter to 11. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk here. The last time we're going to be with you on an evening show until the Saturday, February 11th. We're all going to enjoy a little bit of time with our loved ones as well. And rest assured that by that Saturday, they will be sick of us and be begging us to get back to the post-game shows. Jets win tonight 4-2 over the... Uh, uh, St. Louis Blues improved to 32-19-1 on the season, a point behind the Dallas Stars for first place in the Central Division. The Stars, of course, with a game in hand, but a very important win by the Winnipeg Jets. And some uh, interesting comments coming out of the Winnipeg Jets dressing room after the game. We'll start with Josh Morrissey. Of course, he was emotional and the catalyst to leading the Jets back to victory tonight. Quote, obviously a tough little stretch run here, but we're a heck of a hockey team. You can feel the tension in the rink. Obviously, fans are getting on us, and at times, rightfully so, for sure. But we have a great team. We have a great group of, group of guys here, and it just felt like we were playing a really good game tonight and not getting rewarded, so I tried to get a little emotion. I just kind of blacked out. We are a dangerous team at home when we've got the fans behind us, and like I said, they had every right to be on us the last few games, but was it was kind of like, all right, one went in, we were just waiting for that to happen. Let's go. Let's get on the gas and get them behind us and make it the tough arena that it is to play in. So anyway, just emotion. Nice to get it. And the boys, like I said, I thought we played well all game. We found a way to grind in the third period. That's Winnipeg Jets defenseman Josh Morrissey. The quote coming courtesy of Murat Atesh. So we appreciate Murat tweeting that out. And I sincerely hope, Dave M., that Josh Morrissey, when he said, I just kind of blacked out, I hope he was referencing old school and Will Ferrell when he made that comment. Uh, but I don't know if, if he would be a big enough fan or be the right age group for uh, old school, a great classic movie uh, from a number of years ago. That's true. That is true. Although I, there's nothing more depressing than when I once quoted that to someone and they said, I've never seen that. And I was like, yeah, that's my point. oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's a little bit. Uh, that's what I'm hoping that he knew the quote, and it's not just happenstance. I hope the younger, the generation well, the before us. I'm not sure. What are we? If we're you're Gen, are you? What are you? Gen X, and I'm Gen I, Z. I, and, I hate that. That stuff's also stupid. Are they all millennials? I don't even know what the players are nowadays. Is Morris? You know why you don't know? Because it's stupid. Who cares? I'm too damn old. Somebody, somebody in the chat, tell me if Morrissey's a millennial or a Gen Wire or or whatever it is. Wherever Bailey is, I don't I, know. I can on. I can on. I can. I can happily say that i would never reference myself in that manner so that's anyways for good, probably for good reason uh and anyways somebody will uh fill us in on that here's rick bonus after the game uh discussing the jets resilience quote they were so determined today i could tell this morning in the meeting that they were absolutely determined to do everything they could to win this game if it took having to get four in the third period well that's what it took more from Rick Bonus this about Josh Morrissey to score 40 seconds after they got that second goal just turned the whole game around that was a hell of a shot and a great rush he'd been playing that way the whole game sometimes you step up and be the difference maker and he was tonight and he absolutely mm-hmm. was so that's from uh that is from uh Rick Bonus talking about Josh Morrissey and a little bit more, Mark Shifley on Josh Morrissey. He was freaking fantastic tonight. Ooh, so you know, you know what Shifley's dropping freaking, then Frick. uh, that means that the good things happened or bad things happened because we know he doesn't swear. So I guess in this instance, it was a good use of the word freaking, not a bad use of the word freaking, right, Dave? Absolutely freaking ready. <laughs> absolutely something like that and anyways uh there's some quotes from the winnipeg jets dressing room after their victory and we'll have all of that video yes where's it going to be a little, little site called legalcurve.com it's not there yet okay. normally i'd be hard at work when with Ezzy yapping yeah but because we got no as it'll have to wait till the show ends here's more from shifley quote uh where is as by the way i don't even know where the hell he is doesn't matter uh quote i think we needed that I think we needed to fricking see that we could that we could go after a team. Really, did he really say them. that fricking again? Or yes, he did. He said it, oh. this is a separate fricking. Okay. Uh, so this is a new fricking. A lot of fricking going on. I know. Hey, you know, really put it to them. It, it wasn't like every shift we were dominating in the ozone, but we got on the four check, and mm-hmm. he, I agree with that. They were the better of the two teams tonight, and they uh, sincerely. Uh, uh, and, and they said they sincerely deserved their victory. There's some more comments, but I'll let people read them or find them later on on illegalcurve.com. So a good win for the Jets to head into the uh, all-star break and the bye week and whatever the hell this period of time, this lull that they're in yeah, for the next a, a couple of weeks. One. Yeah, I know it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. We'll see how much uh, how we fill this time without having to spend it with one another. Do you have any plans? Uh, maybe I may or may not be going to some sunny destinations. We'll see. Okay, fair enough. That's good that you're taking your bye week well as well and using that opportunity for yourself. Uh, yeah. let's do some contest stuff. So we have sure. some uh, fun contest stuff on this Monday night edition of the Illegal Curve post game show. Why don't you do the unique code word while I look for a tough deck hardest hitting comment? Because I've uh, sure been uh, negligent in that. Well, this is going to tie into the Manuk Moose Minute, which I'll be doing later. I hope. Okay. Yeah. By all means. I'm not going to do it yet. Okay. Unless you want me to do it now, and then we can tie right. it all in. Do whatever you I'll, want. It's up to you. Well, I'm willing to defer to you. No, I mean, it's it's just that the unique code word was staring you all in the face, and I don't know, and I, I haven't checked if anybody guessed it. Too lazy to check right now. Right. But the code word was, was staring you in the face. If you went to illegalcurve.com, 
Hang you read on. yesterday's right. game? We got a tough dot card to sit in comment. I'm going to interrupt cool. you. All right. Go I just ahead. came across this one. Uh, James Ham, you're going to be the winner of the tough dot card. I like James Ham. James Ham. James Ham is, we, we've communicated with James Ham before. He's a good friend of Jason Bell's. Oh, okay. Well, James. Which we don't hold, which we don't hold against James Ham. Well, so James is reporting that his son, his 12-year-old son, just came out of the bedroom, looked at the TV, and expressed concern about the whereabouts of Ezzy. So, James, uh, I'm not sure what you're doing as a parent. I'm not sure if it's a positive or if it's a negative. But whatever it is, we're going to give you a tough duck toque for your concern. And actually, maybe give it to your son. Give your son the tough duck toque and say it's from Ezzy. Uh, and that uh, yeah. that should make everything a little bit better. This, we don't want any young children being concerned about the whereabouts of Ezzy. We don't want any young children uh, worried about Ezzy's well-being. As far as sure. we know, he's perfectly fine. He's just not with us tonight. Needed a night off. So, James, send me an email, drew at illegalcurve.com, or slide into my DMs at ICDrew, and we'll make sure that your son gets a toque courtesy of our friends at tough duck and maybe as will even uh, send over an autograph or something along those lines to really make your son deliver it kind of like way i've been delivering things i mean yeah sure i mean it. you know i'm sure that's violating some restraining order but uh <laughs> in any event yeah maybe we'll get as to deliver it uh, as well so congratulations james uh he will wear it with pride he says there you go send us that email and we'll make sure you get that toque for your son as well sorry dave i interrupted you but i came across all good that. And that's I couldn't okay. let it, I couldn't let it just go past. No, I drew when inspiration, you know, strikes, you got to just strike while the iron is hot and let it just roll. So congrats to James Ham and to his son for, I mean, his son has questionable taste allowing Ezzy to be the number one pick, but <laughs> Hey, that's all good. James, we're, 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 everybody gets, everybody has their favorites. And, uh, and, and so that's fine. Uh, wait, what are we talking about here? I think is this the win? Is this the? Oh the- yes, that is Scott's wife. I think Johanna. There we go. So Scott was the winner of this. Johanna, this is a perfect time, perfect, perfect segue, segue now yeah. because uh, we gave away last month to Scott the uh, the grand prize of a pair of tickets. He got to choose. He chose the St. Louis Blues game. Good choice by Scott. They had some great seats. We gave the uh, the uh, we got some pictures of them for courtesy of Colby Spence, our photographer. Who's, who was in the chat. I don't know if he's still there. Probably already working on the photos from tonight's game. But Colby sent, we got some pictures, which I sent to Scott and Johanna. So thanks a lot for uh, supporting. Thanks a lot for uh, watching and listening. And hey, you can be like Scott and Johanna and you can go to a game next month. So the now, there's, month not of- as many, there's not as many games to choose from. Go ahead, Drew. You can get interject here. I was going to say that, of course, now that the month of January has come to an end or is coming to an end tomorrow, yeah. it's a whole new start to the contest. So, again, all the ballots you've entered so far you know, are, are going by the wayside. And then when we start tonight with the unique code word, you're generating more ballots and more entries for more opportunities to win uh, Winnipeg Jets merchandise, courtesy of us here at Legal Curve. And yeah. of course, at the end of next month, at the end of February, another name will be drawn for two tickets to uh, an NHL game of your choosing. The winner, while we're doing it, for the month of January, shall I put it on the screen, Dave M? Oh, I, I don't see him in the chat right now. I know he was in earlier, but that's fine because we always know he's always communicating with us. He's a good friend of the show. He's always helpful. And we, yeah. uh, we, we were a big, I mean, we're happy with anybody who wins, but you know, it's always happened when happiest when we know the person and Joe, oh, we don't know Joe from Winnipeg, but you feel like, you know, Joe from Winnipeg. Meets at us all the time. Big, big always, supporter. Exactly. Yeah. So 
Congratulations, Joe from Winnipeg. Hopefully you're in Winnipeg. I know Joe likes to go up to the inner lake, but hopefully you are in, in Winnipeg when you choose uh, the game to go to NHL game of your choice. So congratulations, Joe from Winnipeg. You are the grand prize winner of the January contest. I believe it's still January. So Joe is the winner and Joe gets to pick a game next February for uh, for his game. And, you know, just looking at quickly, Drew. Yes. There's some there's some good games. If he chooses a Jets game, there's some he good games. He could choose a different. He could choose. He doesn't have to choose a Jets game. Yeah, but he's got Chicago. He can do that unusual. There's not a lot of Jets games to choose from. Chicago, Seattle, Colorado, Islanders, and Kings. All good games, though. Actually, they're all pretty good. Yeah, Maybe especially Mason Colorado, Appleton get back. Seattle. Yeah, exactly. So uh, congratulations, Joe. You are the winner. And uh, hey, guess what? Be like Joe. Be like Scott. And uh, make sure you get your entries in to the contest. We're still going to have a draw for everybody who enters in the unique code word for the, uh, and we'll announce that winner for the Chicago game. And then we'll start a new contest also in February, which you'll be able to accumulate points from as well. Exactly right. So congratulations, Joe from Winnipeg. You get your choice of an upcoming NHL game. Everyone else keep entering the unique code words, keep entering, doing all the things on the contest page to generate more entries and more opportunities for you to win, be it Jets merchandise or be it the next month's uh, selection of an NHL game of your choosing. The unique code word for tonight. Was staring uh, well, you in the face. It was staring we, you in the face if you paid attention. And a lot of you guys do pay attention, but I I went and checked. Nobody did pick it. Say hello to the number two, the big six O. Now, why would it be say hello to the big six O, Drew? For dancing Gabe. Dancing Gabe. Dancing Gabe Langois celebrated his 60th birthday yesterday at the Moose game uh, with 5,000 of his closest friends singing him happy birthday, one of the most unique. Uh, birthday celebrations i'm sure in his life and so that is the reason why we had to stick usually we have it regionally so it would have tied to st louis but of course you couldn't ignore dancing gabe's birthday which was yesterday so we had to give a a nice way to honor him and give him the uh the uh the honor of of being the unique code word so say hello to the big six oh uh will be the unique code word to enter and hopefully the next winner will be you know, dancing alongside Dancing Gabe in a jersey or a hat or a t-shirt or something. Exactly right. So say hello, spelled out like normal, to the number two, the big six zero, six zero, the numbers, not the words, but that's all, no spaces there at all. Say hello to the big six zero. Congratulations, of course, and happy birthday to Dancing Gabe, where they really would let, uh, they let Dave and I up on the Jumbotron to wish uh, Dancing Gabe uh, birthday wishes for yesterday's game, which was uh, a lot of fun, and uh, the uh, whole Moose organization and the whole true north organization did a real good job uh, getting uh, a lot of birthday greetings from everybody uh, that you know in the city of winnipeg you had bomber players you had jets players you had gold eye players you had moose players and yeah. you had uh, media hacks like ourselves as well uh, giving dancing gabe some props on his big 60th birthday so congratulations to everybody associated with that it was a fun afternoon yesterday in downtown winnipeg just like it was a fun night tonight in downtown winnipeg for the latest let's go to put on your antlers it's time for the manuk moose minute on the illegal curve hockey show hey that's That's my cue that's my cue it's my time to shine anyways the moose in action, concluding their six-game homestand yesterday in Winnipeg against the division-leading Toronto Marlies. 
They took two from Texas last weekend. They took they would lost Friday night in a close one, two one to the Toronto Marlies. Their power play, which is the best in the league, the Moose managed to stifle them and not allow them to score on Friday night in four opportunities. And that theme continued into Sunday afternoon where they didn't allow a power play goal. So the Moose have a top 10 power penalty kill. They also have a 10, top 10 power play. And they were able to get things uh, going from the special teams perspective. And uh, they got Cole Meyer back. And the alternate captain is a is a big driver of this team. He's been out for, I think, six games, technically seven, because that Toronto game, they got uh, postponed. Good news. I read something that the woman who had suffered the health um, scare off the ice, the reason why the game was postponed, I believe her partner put something out that she was doing better. So that's good news. The one and then, that in Toronto from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you're talking yeah where the oh, game that's got, great news. Yeah, the, where I, I just read that about that, where the lady uh, had, and they they, they uh, suspended the game. Right. But anyway, so uh, it was it was really about dancing Gabe. They handed out a poster with his, his favorite dance moves. Um, and uh, they just, throughout the course and like you said drew they put things up on the jumbotron people wishing him happy birthday he was constantly being interviewed out throughout the course of the game and it was another great crowd like i, I think it was 5500 or something along that uh, those lines uh, in the building so even though it was frigid outside people were real warm inside a lot of friendly warm manitoba for dancing gabe celebrating him and, and his birthday and the team like you said did a real nice job on that and uh Meyer got things started right after get, getting back into the lineup a little bit of a nifty goal. And he told me after the game that one of the advantages when you're injured is working with the skills coach, uh, Dave Cameron, who who was able to assist him and get him some work uh, in that regard, but a pretty even game. And these are two pretty even teams in Toronto and, uh, and, and Manitoba. And one of the players that plays for the Marlies leading the AHL, actually, I think he's like top three right now is Logan Shaw, who folks who pay attention to the Moose will remember, because he was here obviously after he was acquired by um the Moose in a trade with the Ducks. I can't remember the sign. I feel like he was acquired, but regardless, Logan Shaw was here for a couple of years and he's leading the Marlies and leading top three of the league. But anyways, point is that they were uh, honoring Dancing Gabe, also honored Nolan Baumgartner, the assistant coach. He's going to the AHL Hall of Fame uh, during their celebration, which ends uh, after this week. They'll go, they'll have a, the Moose will also have a little bit of a break. Some uh, physicality, Billy Hinola. I know people don't associate that with Billy Hinola's game, but uh, some good physicality from Billy Hinola. Declan Chisholm, and I've got that on our Twitter and our Instagram, that sort of thing. Some interesting factoids about Dancing Gabe Drew. I did not know the reason he wore number 91 was because it was the first year he ever received a personalized jersey from the Jets 1.0 was 1991. I didn't know that. I was not aware of that factoid. It was very interesting to learn. And uh, sure enough, we got to, like I said, we did the, um, uh, they did the presentation, the video. He talked about how he's proud to be, you know, from Winnipeg and Manitoban and Canadian. And then everybody in the crowd saying him happy birthday. And then after that, we went down to the Matt Frost Media Center and he got an opportunity to speak to, and I wasn't joking when I tweeted it. I think he actually had more cameras than Rick Bonus gets. There were probably like <laughs> 10 cameras there, a lot more coverage than the Moose ever get for dancing Gabe and, and in people are asking questions. I got a chance to ask him a couple of questions, but you know, just to show you how genuine he is as a person, I've said this kind of stuff before, but he is remarkable. I mean, he, everything's about him and he just talks about how he wants to make people happy and make the fans happy. And then he comes off the podium and he sees me and I'm like, Oh, hi Gabe. And he gets off, he goes high five and he gives me, and he's, you know, knows my name. And, and I, like I said, he always asks about you and as he, so just a phenomenal human being He really is just such a great ambassador for, for our city and for the the sports teams 
in our city. And, and again, like I said, I, I, you just see like the kids love, even, even in the videos, like, like you could hear people saying, Hey, there's dancing Gabe. So, um, you know, from, from top to bottom, it was a great celebration of, of his birthday, which again is, is well earned based on, you know, how good a, a person he really is. And sure enough, there was a hockey game that continued to play. So Leon Gavanke, the 2017 fifth rounder, right shot defenseman. He gave the Moose a two, one lead with a big blast um, from the point. And then uh, Oscar Salmon and had to make a couple of nice saves. Sure enough, Dominic Toninato got what appeared to be an insurance goal with 42 seconds left in the third to make it 3-1. But then the Marley scored with 15.4 seconds to go to make it a 3-2 game. But ultimately, well, so it was an insurance goal. It was a, yeah. it ended up being a game-winning goal. Yeah. It was insurance originally, then it became a game-winner. Right. But the point is that the Moose improved 22, 14-2-1. 2-1. I believe they're sitting fourth in points, third in winning percentage. And they head out on the road. They left early this morning for Rockford. They'll play Rockford uh, tomorrow night. And then they'll finish off against uh, the Milwaukee Admirals Friday and Saturday night. So uh, a, a good a good game overall for the Moose. And taking three wins in four games out of two division winners um, from the North Division winners in Toronto and the Central Division leaders, sorry, winners, leaders in Texas. And so, and then one other unusual thing, which you don't often see, but uh, head coach Mark Morrison wasn't on the bench with about six minutes, five minutes to go in the third period. And I kind of looked down and I was like, why is Mark Morrison not on the bench? And I didn't notice anything happen. And sure enough, turned out he got a stick to the head and oh. had to go get uh, stitches or, or, or looked after. So they, they actually concluded the game with with uh, Eric Dubois and uh, Nolan Baumgartner leading the bench. But ultimately, Moose ended up winning and now they're on the road for three games in Central Division um, cities. There you go. There is your Moose uh, report, the Manuk Moose Minute, courtesy Woo! of Dave M. giving us the latest on what's happening with the Winnipeg. And Jets. last, Drew, I'll just say quickly because I don't want to go too long because it's already yeah. been long, but Chaz Lucius was named WHL Player of the Week. Right. He had four goals, seven assists for 11 points in four games. So uh, the 2021 first rounder is where he should be, I think, playing uh, in junior and ripping it up. So that's a good thing for Jets fans. There you go. Yes, good job uh, touching on that as well. The Moose win, the Jets win tonight against the Saints. And the ice, sorry, the, the the ice also won. And the well, the ice always wins, so it's just not. It, it, it's more relevant when they lose, like they did. It was against Lethbridge earlier uh, yeah. this weekend. They lost, they, yeah, they they went three. They had a three and three out in Alberta. They beat Lethbridge, then beat Red Deer. Sorry, lost to Lethbridge, yeah. beat Red Deer, and which is good because left for them because Red Deer was the second place team. They're the first place team, and then they beat uh, Calgary uh, last night. There you go. So the ice doing some winning, the Jets doing some winning tonight, and the Moose doing some winning uh, on their homestand as well. That's it for us on this Monday evening. We're going to be off until Saturday morning, but we'll be back Saturday morning with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show back here at 9 a.m. on our YouTube channel. Of course, the next post-game show, not until Saturday night, February the 11th. So we have a little bit of time. I hope you get to spend some quality time with your loved ones as we take some time apart from one another. I'm not talking to Dave, I'm talking to everyone in the chat here. Yeah, more than more than Dave, of course. Absolutely, and I just want to quickly because John Chan asked, as did uh, I think Tico Napoli. They wanted to know quickly an update on Brad Lambert, the 2022 first rounder who is uh, was assigned to Seattle. He played two games uh, with Seattle. I believe he has still has a visa issue. So I looked. Someone asked me today on Twitter, and as far as I can tell, he has not played. Uh, they actually just played Portland uh, the so other night. So he played the games in the. So we he can played he play the, games the games in Canada. He played the games in Canada. He didn't couldn't play the games in the States. Gotcha. So when 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 uh Seattle was here in Winnipeg, he didn't play that game against the ice, but then they went to Saskatoon, I think Saskatoon, and he played the Blades 
But the point is that he didn't get any of the games when they got back to the U.S. So I, I believe it is a visa issue for Brad Lambert. And so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. There you go. So uh, Dave, I'm giving all sorts of updates, both on the ice and in the geopolitical realm of uh, <laughs> of things as well. Is there anything Sorry, Drew. Dave M. Continue with the... With Thank the... you. Is there anything Dave M. can't do? And anyways, what I was saying is we'll be back. We'll be here Saturday morning, 9 a.m., the Legal Curve Hockey Show. Come back and join us. We'll be here next Saturday morning. That's February 11th, 9 a.m. as well, a Legal Curve Hockey Show. And then the post-game show returns later that night, close to midnight with that 9 o'clock home uh, puck drop again. Against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, in the meantime, illegalcurve.com. That's your home for anything to do with the Winnipeg Jets, Manitoba Moose, Winnipeg Ice, anything hockey related. Be sure to check it out on illegalcurve.com. A big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Kyle Bottom at Rumors this week. And I'm reliably informed a new promotion starting at Rumors. So maybe. You haven't been spending enough time with your loved one? Well, Thursday night is date night at Rumors. All the information and tickets available, rumorscomedyclub.com. Dr. Les Rikus and the team at Linden Market Dental Center. Talk about a coincidence. I'm reliably informed that Dr. Les Rikus will be at Rumors on Thursday. Not performing, but in attendance. So there you go. All the worlds are colliding here on the Illegal Curve uh, post-game show. Frank and Mauro Zappia of Zappia Group Realty. Our friends at Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and the Keg. Support these great businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. As he's absent, Dave M is here. I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you again on Saturday morning. We hope everyone's safe in the meantime. It's going to be weird not spending, you know, not getting together every 24 or 48 hours for the next little bit. But in the meantime, everyone be well, and we'll see you again on Saturday morning. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.